everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. My name is Andrew Gomison, and I welcome you to today's show. Thank you for deciding to spend part of your day with us. I hope that you are having a wonderful week. Um, I know that as I record this, I've had a wonderful day with a couple different periods of time outside in my yard here in the great state of Michigan. Uh, where it was just beautiful, you know, after that stifling 90-degree uh, heat for a week plus. It was, it's been good to to see a little bit of relief and to, to be in more moderate summer temperatures. Um, but I hope that you're all doing well and that you're ready for an exciting new edition of the podcast. So, you know, I've been thinking about what to share, and I wanted to start a series today on the I Am Statements of Christ. Now, in a lot of uh, scholarly traditions, there's seven of them, Um, but for my purposes in this series, I will be adding an eighth, um, because I feel like the I am statement in John chapter 18, uh, where Jesus says, who do you seek? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth, and he says, I am, and in, in some of our Bibles it says, I am he, but the he is a tail size. So the the implication there is that he's using the term I am for that powerful um, declaration in that chapter. And the reason that you see that that is important is because the people fall backwards when he uses that title. So when he uses the name of God, they fall backwards because he is showing that he is all-powerful, that he could annihilate them and end this process once and for all, but he chooses instead to yield himself to their desires and their will, knowing that is that it is ultimately his Father's will that he do this for us and go to the cross. So we'll get into that later um, as we go through this series. But before I dive into the topic of the day, I just wanted to say a couple things about masks because if you live in Michigan or if you live in various states throughout the country um, especially ones that are considered hot spots you know that we have um, we have recently come upon a very mandatory mask ordinance in the form of an executive order from our governor and several other governors have followed suit and I want to frame these thoughts carefully First of all, by saying that I'm not totally against masks. If you feel the need to wear a mask, uh, I think that that is a reasonable thing. And I I think that it could possibly uh, be helpful in certain situations. But I I did want to address um, the fact that um, it's it's very confusing, all this mask stuff, because for a long time they were telling us not to wear masks. And I want to point out, too, that they didn't say don't hoard masks. They said don't wear masks. And there's actually a lot of masks that literally have warnings on them that say these are not that effective for the coronavirus. And so if you're going to now say that masks are extreme difference makers, then you have to disregard those warnings that are not only put on a CDC website, but are also put on the packaging of the masks themselves. So, 
I, I just think there needs to be some honest uh, thought about that. And I also think that regardless, and I said this several weeks ago in my podcast, regardless of whether you think this is a good idea, I have serious reservations and concerns with people who think that the governor can unilaterally make decisions such as she has made. Now, I know that the virus is real. This is where I think we need to use discernment because I know that some people might say, well, you're saying the virus isn't real. You're saying not to be concerned. I'm not saying that at all. I I do believe in concern. I take vitamins every day because I want to stay healthy. I try to, uh, you know, make sure that my hygiene is good because I want to stay healthy. I don't want germs um, to get me sick if I can avoid them. But I also believe that we need to be careful about our constitutional rights and about opening up our economy. Now, I understand that, let me first say that if masks allow us to stay open, then I think that it is somewhat of a good alternative. But I, as I said several weeks ago, I want you to seriously think about the question. Take the masks out of the equation for a second and ask yourself, especially if you're someone who agrees totally with what the governor is doing, ask yourself this. If a governor who diametrically opposed everything I believed in was in power, would I want her or him to have the power that that she has right now? Because basically, since about April 30th of this year, she has not called upon the legislature for any help or any um, declaration of the power that she needs to do her job. She has acted unilaterally outside of those parameters. The legislator are the people that make laws. The governor is the, man, is the leader of the state, but she does not have lawmaking power. That is why there's a legislative process, is to make laws. And so I really just want to challenge you to think and honestly answer. I'd love to see your feedback on this this um, the post for this podcast or on my Speaking for Him Facebook page at facebook.com slash speaking for him. And just tell me, if, if, if the governor was asking you to do something that you were diametrically opposed to, would you still be in favor of her or him having a sweeping executive order power whereby not only could she issue a guideline of masks or a guideline of whatever it is, but also issue a criminal fine for those who didn't comply. I just think that sets a dangerous precedent regardless of the issue that you're talking about. That being said, I will wear a mask in public so that the businesses that I patronize um, will not get in trouble for having me in their store without a mask. But it has also cut down on my motivation and desire to go to public places more than necessary because of that mandate. I've worn a mask once through this process. I wore it for about an hour and a half and it was really difficult to do. So it is not an easy thing and I think it is okay to acknowledge that while still 
saying that if you feel comfortable with a mask, if you think a mask helps you, I have no problem with it. But again, I think we do need to evaluate constitutional rights and whether we really want our governor or any of our leaders to have the kind of unilateral power that she has displayed. And I'm open to discussion on the topic, but I would like civil discussion and real um, reflections and answers, not just a back and forth that um, throws out popular taglines. And my final word on masks is this. Please do not mask shame others out and about in the community. If someone has a medical exemption to a mask, uh, they are not under any obligation to tell you what that medical exemption is. And so if you see someone without a mask, just go about your business and enjoy your time out and about. Do not mask shame others. Show compassion to them. So just wanted to throw that out there on the beginning of the show. And then finally, as I record the show, it is actually Thursday, July 16th. And this is a little bit of behind the scenes stuff because usually I don't like to reveal reveal when I'm recording. But um, today marks the 28th. Um, anniversary of my brother John Michael's death and it was the toughest day of my life July 16th um, of 1992 1992 was actually a really hard year for us overall I could go into more detail about that but July 16th 1992 John Michael was 3 months and 8 days old and he went to sleep in the morning after his morning feeding and woke up in heaven. Uh, So it was a really tough time for me and my entire family. We all have a little bit different um, memories of that time and what it meant to us, but I know that it was as tough as it was, it was fundamental in my gaining acceptance of who I am because in my early teens, I really struggled, in my late tweens, early teens, I really struggled with my personal identity. I knew that my eternity was sealed in heaven, but I also knew that I uh, didn't deserve to be in this wheelchair, and I uh, railed at God a lot of times, argued with God, and said, God, if you had given me a healthy body, then I would have been able to serve you more effectively, but because you didn't, I can't. And why did you give me this crummy body? And then when my brother died, it was like, God, why did you take him when he was perfectly healthy and then leave me, who is utterly useless? That's really where I was. And then over the next year of fighting with God, um, I came to the conclusion that if I let God um, take over my life, he would give me myriad opportunities to serve him. And this podcast was born out of that. So I I praise the Lord for what he did through the situation. um, But I miss my brother every day and I know my parents do as well. So I can't wait to see you someday, John. And I was grateful to be your big brother. All right. Well, now I'd like to dive into what we have for our main uh, topic of the day. And as I said, I wanted to begin a 
series on the uh, say the I am statements of Christ in um, the the New Testament, uh, primarily uh, I think in the Book of John, um, because John is really uh, defending who Jesus is, showing his deity throughout the book. Um, and so these I am statements are so important. And what's going to happen is I'm going to share four of them this week, and then I will share four of them again next week. And then as time goes on, I may come back to each of these individually. Those of you who are familiar with the way I do series is, know that those episodes may not be um, consecutive because we may have other topics that may creep up or movie reviews or things of that nature that would spread those episodes out a little bit. But I'm really excited to dig into these I am statements because we're living in a time of great upheaval. We're living in a time where uh, we don't necessarily know what's coming next and there's no moral absolutes and everything is upside down. But the one thing that we can be sure of is that Jesus is um, consistent. Jesus is still on the throne. He existed before he became a man and roamed the earth. And he exists now um, at the right hand of God. And as we begin this topic, I just want to share with you our quote of the day. And it is, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6 And so, um, we have a situation where we have this verse that says, but, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And I remember uh, several years ago when I was working at the Guiding Light Mission, I had a gentleman ask me, why does it just say believe that he is? And at first I wasn't sure what to answer him. And in that moment, God gave me the words. And it just popped into my mind that everything good, God is. So everything that that's good about life, everything that we need about life, we can find in Jesus or in God. And so... Believing that he is, is believing that he is everything good. And so I, I believe that that's a good verse, a good uh, springboard for this discussion about the I am statements of life. And uh, I I got these listed off of the Thomas Nelson website, of course. Um, you, can, you can find them listed other places, but in my research... Um, this is the first list that I stumbled across, um, and I may include it on the blog post for this episode. Um, but again, I'm adding an eighth one. So there were seven. I'm adding an eighth, as I explained earlier. But the first one is, I am the bread of life. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Uh, John six thirty five. So, Jesus is saying, um, I am, I will sustain you. And I really feel like he is saying here that 
that uh, he is everything of substance for us. I think it's important that he, when he was tempted, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. And that was in Matthew chapter four. And so he's saying, I will uphold you. And, um, the psalmist said, I desire your word more than my necessary food. So if we, if we want to be sustained spiritually, we need to feed on the bread of life. And the way we feed on the bread of life is by regularly opening the word of God and meditating upon it. And especially as we become more and more saturated with evil in our world, we need to be able um, to then um, combat it with the scripture. If Jesus himself, when he was tempted, used scripture to combat the devil, how much more should we do that as well? I really think that is an important thing for us to consider. And the second one we'll be dealing with is, I am the light of the world. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John eight twelve. In this scripture, Jesus is saying, Hey, when you want to walk through a forest, um, you need a light to get through. When you need to walk through this dark world, you need a light to get through. You know, you ever see people scratching their heads and wondering why um, we we have racism, why there's been so many school shootings, why there's been any number of things that you can mention, um, why there's road rage. It's all because we are not living by a moral standard um, and the moral standard that uh, we have learned to follow as believers is the word of God. Um, and if we follow him, he will lead us. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It also says, um, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean on, not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So if you really aren't sure which way to go, if you're struggling with how to find God's will, again, finding it in the scriptures and letting him lead you is a very important thing. And I know from experience how difficult that can be. Um, I, you know, I, I struggled before this ministry started with letting God begin this ministry and letting God use me in this way because I didn't know what the future would hold. And then there's that that moment where you think that because you surrendered to ministry, then you're going to be busy, you know, 45 weekends a year speaking. And um, it's just not the reality. But the reality is true that whenever I've needed something, God has supplied it. And he's used his people to minister to me in big and small ways. So I'm grateful for that. The third one is, I am the door of the sheep. Then Jesus said unto them again, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but sheep did not, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. 
I really like this verse in John ten seven to nine. By the way, um, because Jesus is saying, "I am the door." You know, a lot of people get upset because they say that that Christians are too exclusive. But Jesus is laying out here. He said, "I am the door." He didn't say, "I am a door." He said, "I am the door." So if you want to get to heaven, Jesus is that way. And then he talks about the people that came before him, the the thieves and the robbers, the false teachers, how they try to dissuade us, how they try to make things look good. Um, You know, I'm recording a multi-voice edition of The Pilgrim's Progress, which I'll be sharing this fall on the podcast. And it's just been really fun uh, to work with some great people to get that done. But one of the things you notice is sometimes when the path gets rough for Christian, he looks for an easier way and he always ends up in more trouble than he would have if he stayed on the path. Um, because um, narrow is the way that leads to life. Straight is the gate. Um, but uh, wide is the way to destruction. And so we need to be careful um, to realize that um that Jesus is the door. But not only that, he says that if you if you follow me, if you go through me as the door, you will go in and out and find pasture. And I love that because it just shows that God will provide for us, that he will take care of us, that he loves us, that he cares for us. And I really feel that, and I'm very grateful for him and his watch care over me, and I hope that you are as well. And... Then our final one that I want to cover today, and again, this is just a introduction. We will try to look at these in more detail later on. Um, but I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? And I like this one because uh, Jesus doesn't just state who he is in this one. He also gives a challenge because he says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And what a blessing that is. I, I just went to a visitation recently and uh, and I I've seen uh, tragedy in my friends and family's life I just talked earlier in this episode about my brother John Michael you know I still grieve for him to this day but I grieve as one who has hope because I believe John is is walking in the streets of gold with my grandfather and I will see both of them someday Incidentally, I'll see both my grandfathers because I will see my grandpa Don, who I talked about a few weeks ago on Father's Day. And then we see, and whosoever liveth and believeth in him shall never die. Do you ever think about how amazing that is that no matter what happens to you on this earth, no matter if somebody were to kill you or if you were to die of a sickness or a disease, you will never die if you trust him? Paul said absent from the body is present with the Lord. Um, It's an instantaneous thing. It's not something that happens over time. It's not 
something that happens someday, although we will be joined to our bodies someday. One day I will get a physical body that is far superior to the one that I am sitting in right now. Um, but right now, I can rejoice in the fact that I will never actually die because I'll I'll die once physically, but but my spirit will live on eternally and will one day uh, be joined to a body at the resurrection of the dead. Do I fully understand that? No. Is it scientifically possible? Um, not the way our finite man mind can comprehend. But Paul said this corruptible will put on incorruption and this mortal will put on immortality and I believe it. Because God's word said it and I believe it and that settles it for me. So that is my hope. I hope it is yours. And then and then the final part of this passage is do you believe this or believest thou this? And that is really a key thing, and it's really an interesting way to end the meat of our discussion tonight is because we can read all about the Bible. We can go through this whole series about the I Am Statements of Christ, which, which I'm excited to do. But if we don't really believe it, if we don't have a, uh, a time in our lives where we ask ourselves and answer in the affirmative, Yes, I do believe this. Then it's not going to make a difference in our lives. Because there's a lot of people that give intellectual assent to the Bible. I even believe that there were religious leaders that gave intellectual assent to the resurrection of Jesus. Because otherwise, why would they pay the guards to spread a rumor that the disciples stole the body? when the guards knew the disciples were going to steal the body, and they must have been been pretty sure that the disciples didn't steal the body, or they wouldn't have paid to preserve that rumor. Have you ever thought about that? But they were so intent on keeping Christ dead, at least to the people, that they were willing to pay for the silence of others. I find it interesting that when you look at the religious leaders, even in Acts, they don't want people talking about Jesus, but they never out and out say, don't you know that he never rose from the dead? They never out and out say that. They just try to get people not to talk about it. But really, that's the foundation of our faith, that he died according to the scriptures, that he was buried according to the scriptures, and that he rose again according to the scriptures. That's why the Speaking for Him podcast existed. Because one day, God laid hold of me and said, Andrew, I have a job for you to do. And I'm so glad that I accepted his call. And I'm so glad that he didn't give up on that 13-year-old boy who was bitter, who couldn't believe that his brother was gone, and couldn't believe that he still had to live in this crippled, decrepit body. So glad he didn't give up on that little boy. Because now I'm a man who trusts God and is excited for the adventure of every new day. Now, I will, will hasten to say that 
it hasn't been easy this period of time. Um, I've struggled. Like I said, uh, I've struggled with knowing when to go places. Even the one day where I kind of went out and was social, it felt weird. It didn't feel normal. So I haven't really been excited for the next day like that. So it's it's a day-to-day struggle. But every day I get the opportunity to get up and to do things and to say thank you, Lord, for another day. Um, And so I, I hope that this podcast has given you a lot to think about. I'm really excited about the future of this podcast, and I hope that you will continue to listen. Uh, Like I said, we will be continuing this series on the I Am Statements of Christ throughout the next several weeks. Uh, We'll continue our introduction next week with four more saying, I Am Saying the Christ. And then, Lord willing, next week, or the week after, at the latest, I will be coming to you with the use of my new home podcasting studio. I've been doing some research um, because I want to make this podcast even better sounding and more professional um, and just better for all of you listeners. And I really feel like I want to keep this podcast at home from now on. So as long as that podcast studio works well for me, that is what I will be doing. So I'm really excited about the future of the show. And as I said, um, the Pilgrim's Progress podcast will be um, releasing um, in September or October probably. But I will keep you posted on that. And I'm very excited for you to hear the final product. We will be recording week three this coming Tuesday and Thursday. So if you want to remember us in prayer, I would appreciate that very much. And I will leave you with um, 1 Corinthians 15.58, which says, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That is my prayer for you throughout this whole time of COVID and um, extended stays at home, that you will still find ways to reach out and minister to the needs of others and to pray for others. You know, I think often we underestimate the power of prayer. And one of the things that this time has done for me is it has allowed me time to just sit and pray that I did not have before. And so I'm grateful for that. So looking for the silver linings. As always, if you have something you would like to have us talk about or something that you would like to share on the podcast please feel free to let me know with the contact information that's about to roll and I'll be back Lord willing next Friday with another edition of the speaking for him podcast until then have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of speaking for him for more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com.
You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.